Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling and more. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network and hosts Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, and club spotlights. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Joe. All right, welcome into the Extra Action Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network is Joe Calabrese, the godfather himself, and myself, Price Atkinson. We are not just live. I mean, we are together recording this podcast, Joe, and this is a rarity to say the least in downtown Toronto at the Players' Championship, the Grand Slam of Curling's most prestigious event on tour. But, Joe, this is awesome. How are you doing, buddy? Very good. This is a special occasion, Price. Uh, the Players' Championship just three hours away from the home base in Rochester, New York. And uh, my wife and I made the trip out just to see the uh, quarterfinals and semifinals of the uh, Players' Championship. We're real excited to be here. It's gonna, it looks like it's going to be a great uh, event. Yep. So as we said, we are in downtown Toronto in historic Maple Leaf Gardens. And just real quick, Joe, I, you know, I got here on Tuesday. You guys drove up this morning. You were probably just like me walking into this iconic, this historic sports venue. I've been to a lot of neat places in the U.S., but the Mattamy Athletic Center, which they call it now, but formerly the Maple Leaf Gardens, where the obviously the Toronto Maple Leafs used to call home, this is a spectacular. I call this one of those sports cathedrals, so to speak. That's you know, it's one you kind of pay homage to it. It's got so much history in this place. Yeah, you know, and it's now home of the Ryerson Rams, Ryerson University Rams. And, you know, walking into this place, I noted to my wife that this building just looks like it's built for curling at the moment. I mean, it's just just such a perfect venue for uh, an event like this. I'd love to see something like Worlds uh, make an appearance here at some point in time. That would be pretty terrific. Um, Yeah, just coming into Toronto and and knowing that we're going into such an iconic building was a lot of fun. And now that we're here, we're really enjoying everything that we're seeing. Yep. So we'll set the table here real quick because I want to talk in this first segment about the Players' Championship that we are here at on Saturday. And while we do not have a U.S. team here, there's still a good bit to get into as we got the Champions Cup coming up. We've got the Mixed Doubles Nationals uh, that we're going to talk, not Nationals, excuse me, the World Championship in Norway coming up. John Schuster, Corey Christensen headed to Norway for that. We're also going to look back in just a few minutes on the Men's World Championship as we did not have a chance to podcast last week because Joe and everybody in Rochester and Elisa were busy hosting the gathering with the Rochester Curling Club. We're going to talk about that in the last segment. Um, but we will bring you an interview. Debbie McCormick, curling royalty, as I call her, a four-time Olympian, I mean, so many multi-time U.S. national champion, a Hall of Famer. Debbie McCormick works uh, goal line supplier. Sat down with her for a little bit yesterday, so we're going to bring you that conversation. So really appreciate uh, Deb McCormick joining us. So we got a lot to do. Uh, we are going to look back here in just a second. Uh, downtown Toronto, having some fun here, Joe and. You, know, you went through your first draw here at the players just a little bit ago. What what did you think? Attending, coming to your first slam, what stood out to you just with the event, the, everything that goes on? You know, Price, the first thing I noticed is how the branding here is so uh, strong. I mean, the, the Sportsnet puts on a pretty uh, terrific show, and you probably hear the music in the background, and that's pumping uh, before each draw. And, 
they have the big video board and, and tons of logos on the ice. Um, they got the Pinty's Grill and uh, Pub and Grill uh, where you can pick up a drink and, sta- and stand right behind the players as they're playing, which is a very unique thing. And you don't need a special ticket to do it. You just decide to go down there and, and peer over the boards and you can be on TV, which is pretty terrific. And, you know, CBC did the uh, afternoon draw. They had a pretty good one uh, uh, between Sibernagel uh, and, and Kerry. And, and that was a real exciting game. But, you know, we got a chance to see five really really competitive games and you know that's what I think is best about these slams is you get the best of the best teams and they get a chance to compete and they're normally pretty competitive games all right we we've got to we've got to bring Elise in here real quick because she makes the trip up with you we've got to bring in the star of the Calabrese family you may think it's the godfather listeners but it really is Elisa who is the backbone so what was your what did you think Elisa coming to your first slam what did you think about what you saw and just what you watched it's, Don't clam up. <laughs> it's, it's fun being with all the, the crowd and seeing all the faces you see on TV. Just, yeah. It's great. There you go. She's just so many words to deliver, folks. She's, she's waving me off saying, move on, move on. But we had to get her in here, folks. She makes the trip up with the Godfather himself. She is going to get a cameo in appearance. We'll give her even more airtime if she wants it. She's just got to say, give me that daggum microphone. So now she's hiding behind the chair. All right, Joe. Let's let's go back a little bit. The men's world championship. We didn't get the podcast last week. We had the you guys had the gathering. Way too busy. Everything going on. So we're going to make up for that lost time here. Schuster and those guys qualify. They make the playoffs. Um, I guess just your general reaction on everything through the week, just specifically with Team Schuster. You know, I only got to watch a couple of their games, um, but you know, from what I could see, they they had a pretty solid week. Uh, making the playoffs, you know, certainly was one of their first goals, but I, I'm sure that they would have liked to have medaled. Um, but you know what? Uh, they, they came up against a Japan team that they had beaten in the round robin, um, but, you know, they seemed pretty focused, and they were making a lot of shots, and I think, you know, they put a lot of pressure on John uh, in that quarterfinal matchup, um, and they just couldn't get by. They lost by one, seven to six. Um, Japan, I think, was one of the surprises of the event. They, you know, I don't think there was high expectations for them coming in, but they they really played well. Um, but, you know, I think what I would want to talk about maybe, Price, is, uh, you know, how uh, Canada did. I mean, they were they were rolling. I think they had had something like 20-some consecutive wins going back to the Briar and then through uh, most of the round robin, if not all the round robin. Um, and then they, they come up against uh, Nicholas Adin in that gold medal game, and they wind up losing. Uh, pretty interesting uh, final there. Yeah, Kevin Cooey made some, I mean, he made some of those shots that are going to, the shelf life of a few of those is going to live a long time on social media, on YouTube and everywhere, because he made some absolutely fantastic shots. Did you watch the men's final? Did you watch? I got a good look at it. Yeah, I got a good look at most of that game. Okay, so Adin obviously wins it. They win their fourth world championship. Now Nicholas Adin, you know, full disclosure, since I work with Nicholas, you know, I put that on the table but I, I don't think there's any question Nicholas now is four world championships he becomes the first skip to win back-to-back world championships that's not from Canada and Sweden obviously the first country outside of a Canadian team to win back-to-back world championships no doubt about it that Nicholas Adin now is one of the curling greats I mean I don't think there was any doubt about that but when you think of goats that we like to talk about in sports Nicholas Adin has got to be in that certainly top five I won't speculate the other five but here's what I want to ask you. Well, I asked if you watched it because I know you did, and you said you did. The, what happened with the, the handle? Happens late in the game, remember? 
they take an abnormally long time to fix it. A lot of people said there's no excuse for ha that happening, taking that long. Okay, get that argument. But Cooey has to wait. Adine is getting ready to throw that next shot. I mean, he obviously makes the hit. I mean, he. The argument was that he had an easier shot to hit versus what Cooey did, having to you know have his draw weight. The ice gets a little frosty. Um, I talked to Nicholas about it earlier in the week here, and he said, I've never been that nervous. I mean, to, to basically have to sit through that, he goes, I'm glad they didn't show me on TV a lot during that. Take me through your thoughts on how that played out. Boy, you know, um, something that takes that long is going to get in your head for sure. I mean, you don't want to be in a situation where you're having to wait on such critical shots in a game. Um, you know, I think if I'm um, uh, Kui, I'm – I'm probably not feeling as bad as, as if I'm Nicholas, only because you could you at least get to see what Nicholas does. And then, you know, maybe you have an easier shot, maybe you have a tougher shot. It really depends on how his turns out. Um, but it's certainly not ideal. And I think if I was in, you know, if I was in a situation like that, I'd try to maybe lobby for some other solution rather than what wound up happening there. And um, I, I guess uh, what I would say about Nicholas is he made the best out of a bad situation. Yeah. And then uh, you, you go to the extra, or not the extra, but you go to the next end, and Oscar makes two fantastic shots with both of his shots. It really, I mean, that locked down the game for Sweden. But, you know, congratulations to those guys uh, on winning another fourth world championship and doing it in front of the Canadian crowd, the packed house in Lethbridge. Um, you know, one other thing to ask you about the USA. Um, did you catch some of the stuff that happened with Schuster and the hot, the mic and, you know, going the comments on Twitter? I thought it was ridiculously overblown in my personal opinion. Now it comes from the U.S. side of things. If some of, if those hot mics, which we all know what we do with the 12th and Sports Network and miking players, if they had that stuff that caught it more often, they would probably have to censor and bleep out every single thing that's said. Just some of the comments that players make. They just happened to catch John and Matt really flippantly making that comment about, you know, you don't get an applause, you know, hey, we're in Canada. Give me your thoughts. I thought it was ridiculously overblown. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was many, many things that I'll try not to articulate in a bad way, but I thought Schuster and those guys did the right thing. There was no need to apologize for anything that they said. Your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, I guess I tend to agree with you, Price. I think, you know, in that situation, um, it doesn't surprise me what, what Matt and John said, and because it's true. Yep. And I also don't think that um, anybody should have been upset about it, um, only because, you know, it's true. And I think that, you know, that it's true, and it's true. I don't think you have anything to say about it. I, I do think that, um, you know, in those situations, you, you, when you have the mics on, everybody's conscious of it. They have a pretty good idea what they can say and can't say. Um, I think that probably the, the, what wound up happening after the fact was a little bit of um, maybe it was overblown only because it was again, it, it was in Canada. Um, and the idea being that, uh, you know, Schuster being able to pick up those wins in the Olympics against Canada, there might have been a little bit of jealousy going on there. Um, and I think that might have contributed to things, you know, but I, I also don't think it was the majority of Canadians that felt that way. I think yeah. if you look at that objectively, you realize that um, they're just saying, you know, hey, why would we expect cheers here? We're in, we're in another country, we're playing in worlds, it just doesn't make any sense. And uh, I think that's the way everybody should expect it to be. 
No, I totally agree with you, and I, you know, I, I think you hit it spot on. That there, so many people are spending so much time up here, like I have this year at the Slams, and you know, meeting so many of the Canadians. They, so many have been gracious. How, like, and I think it was very genuine. So many people have said through the year, like, just how excited they were for John. A lot of people who met John. I mean, just you know, in, in the whole team. But you know how excited they were for a guy that's gone through so much to win it. How great it is for the sport. You know, for the U.S. to have that injection, you know, that has certainly helped us at the grassroots level. I do know, and having met some, I do feel like a lot of it was some of the the ones that had a problem with it were the the jealousy, the envy, you know, the gold medal envy, and obviously what happened at the Olympics that still aren't happy with the result. Um, so I thought it was. I just thought it just got taken way, way too far, in my opinion. But you know. At the same time, there were some other things that were caught on, you know, the mic. Uh, that's just those guys having a good time. And, you know, that was one of the things And talking with Rory, who was there helping me out. Um, and they even made – they talked about it on the air. I think Jason uh, Knapp even said it. Wow, these guys look like they're having a good time. It was right before the game started. They're out there joking, like high-fiving and laughing. I mean, that's just who those guys, Schuster and, and Matt Hamilton, Plies, and John Landsteiner. I guess maybe Steiner's a little too quiet sometimes in terms of the high-five. But you, you get my point. Yeah, I think, you know, it, uh, being loose is a real important part of their game. And I think that um, – joking around before a game is not that unusual for them and, and for actually for many of the teams I think that we come across on a, on a national level in the U.S. and I think um, it, there's a lot of different ways to get pumped up for a game and this is one of them I, and I don't I don't think anybody should take anything more from it than that just that getting them in the right mindset for playing. All right, uh, Joe, anything else you want to add about world championships? I mean, it's, uh, it's come and gone. Just, you know, we obviously, the guys that hope to, to make a podium to bring home a medal doesn't happen. Um, you know, it's still been a great season for them. We'll see them at the Champions Cup in Saskatoon here in a couple weeks. But, you know, Schuster and Corey Christensen, they have a, uh, they have a mixed doubles that they've got to go to Norway and, uh, you know, try and go win a uh, mixed doubles world championship. But, you know, as we're here in downtown Toronto, the old Maple Leaf Gardens, now known as the Madame Athletic Center. Joe and I are going to be back in just a little bit as we're going to talk about the gathering from uh, from Rochester that they they put on, raised a lot of money. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Players' Championship and how it stinks not having a U.S. team here and a little bit why we don't have a U.S. team here. Uh, and then, but in the next segment, Joe, we're going to bring you an interview with Debbie McCormick, curling royalty, one of the best female curlers ever to take the ice in the U.S. You won't want to miss it. Debbie McCormick is coming up next right here on the 12th In Sports Network's Extra Extra Podcast. All right, back here in downtown Toronto here on the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network, and we've got curling royalty here. I'm talking royalty and Debbie McCormick, one of the most decorated U.S. curlers in history. And I was just reading something, Deb, that you are you are Canadian by birth, but then you were obviously able to curl out of the U.S. because your dad, he was transferred to Wisconsin for his job. And so anyway, I think this is awesome because we're back here. I don't want to say home turf because you live in the U.S., you live in Wisconsin, but it's so awesome to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be in Toronto. And actually, my dad played in Toronto in the Silver Broom, it was called. It was the Men's World Championships with uh, Steve Brown, George Godfrey, and Richard Maskell. And that was in 1986, and I remember that very well. So, yeah, it's great to be back in Canada. I mean, 
it's so fun and exciting to watch curling here. It's, uh, you know, these slams have gotten to be such prestige yeah. events, and it's, um, you know, it's everyone here is at the top of their game, and it's as professional as you're going to get in curling, so it's really exciting. Yeah, it is, and so that's what I wanted to ask you about, because or one of the many things, but, you know, here in downtown Toronto at the Players' Championship, the most prestigious of the slam series, how is this the slams how have they evolved how have they changed you know since you were playing I'm a, which obviously was not that long ago let's get real don't want not dating anybody because i'm date i'll date myself as much as anybody yeah well you know there's so many more events like this so when i was playing competitively you know there's maybe a handful where now they're in asia they're in europe they're in canada um even real big events in the united states now so um it's just evolved so much like the ice is pristine you know, the athletes have, they look kind of like NASCAR. Like, they have all their sponsors. Um, yeah, and just the field of play, the depth of uh, the competition. Um, you know, there's amazing shots left and right. It's so exciting. And, the play, like, one other thing you mentioned right there is, I mean, the players are going so much farther and wider to play. I mean, you've got... I mean, it's crazy, but like the Girling World Cup that just started, you know, you started in Beijing in what, almost mid-August, and you're going back to China, a lot of people to go, you're a lot of, you know, for the grand final, the teams that, that qualified, they're going to be playing in basically mid-May, and this was in a, a year right after the Olympics, you would think, okay, you can back it off a little bit, and so many of the players have said, yeah, we thought we could back it off, it has been anything but backing off this year. Yeah, and plus with the point system, you know, it's uh, difficult for teams to say we're going to take this event off or that event off because those points are so important to get to the big events and to, you know, help. you have to stay competitive with all the teams. So it's very difficult for these players to say, hey, we're going to take this weekend off. You just can't anymore. All right, uh, let's get to what you're up to because four-time Olympian, you're retired from the competitive scene, but you have been playing. Uh, but you were playing. Uh, was it mixed? You had a mixed team, or was it arena nationals? Club national. All right. I'm so sorry. I fumbled it a little bit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I fumbled that. But the competitive juices are never going to go away from Debbie McCormick, right? I hate to say that I'm retired because retired sounds like you're just not playing anymore. Yeah. And you know, if I was. Uh, I don't know, like if I had the time and energy or whatever, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, playing yeah. again. So I hate to say that I'm retired, but yes, I played at Club Nationals, um, not this year, but last year, so 2018. And uh, I still love the game. I still, yeah. you know, play in league. I still play in bond spiels. Um, and I'm here with Goldline Curling. They have a booth here. So I'm helping them work the booth and get a lot of time to watch the curling here. Um, so I work for Goldline in the United States, and I have a Goldline Mobile Pro Shop. It's a, a shop on wheels, so I get to travel the Midwest and work out of my shop. And I love my summer schedule because I get to go to a lot of uh, fun places like North Carolina, Tennessee, California. This year I get to go to Arizona for the first time, so I'm really excited about my summer schedule. So you said North Carolina. That piques my interest because being from South Carolina, you're right up the road from me. Where in North Carolina might you be headed this summer? Please do tell. I'm going to go to the Wilmington, North Carolina Beach Spiel. So I get to uh, do some fun in the sun and the sand and curl and work. So out the two-piece, you're going to break it out, fun in the sun for a full weekend, have a great time, curl. A week. A week. Yeah. Oh, boy. 
All right. Uh, you're, so the summertime is one of your busiest times of year, right? Because in that, I was talking with somebody else from Goal Line, and they told me that summertime is a very busy time because it's time where you outfit other teams or clubs. You know, you're getting orders in. I mean, it's not the slow time of year that a lot of people think it might be from the supplier standpoint. Right. For Gold Line, there's really, you know, it's hard to say a slow time of the year. Maybe May. <laughs> Maybe April, May, that's about all they have because um, they're getting their catalog for next year ready. They're getting their product for the next year's ready. They're getting the contracts with the, their competitive sponsor teams done. You know, it's always, they're always doing something. Um, for me, I'm just in sales. Um, so, you know, it's great in the United States because curling doesn't slow down or stop. So there's always some, an event that I can go to and they're the fun events. I mean, they're all fun events. I'm not trying to say that, but they're more like, you know, sun and beach and um so yeah i get to i get to keep busy it's a full-time job for me all right continue with debbie mccormick the four-time olympian the many 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 time it's not me on the minis uh u.s national champion again just simply curling royalty at rio wisconsin and you know mentioned the u.s curling seems to let's talk dumb and dumber here but it seems to have been changing obviously the gold medal that schuster and them won you know you see that that wave it 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 takes longer to crest, but it's been we've been riding it after every cycle. You're obviously a four-time Olympian, but what those guys did to really almost fundamentally change this sport at a grassroots level in the U.S. I mean, what are your just you know kind of a mind dump on everything that has kind of transpired with that? Yeah, I think it's been um, the growth in the United States. There's a couple things. I think first of all, it started off with the arena curling clubs. Um, just that you know, so many you didn't have to build a brand new curling facility to curl. So a lot of these clubs are starting out with arenas and uh, raising money to become dedicated curling facilities. So I think that was number one. Um, and then, you know, just the success of all of our teams. Like you mentioned, John Schuster. Um, even our ladies teams have done really well. Um, you know, Jamie winning uh, Grand Slam last year here, actually. That was huge. Um, you know, I just feel, and because of that, we get more television coverage. So the more television coverage and the more media um, I think Tyler George has been doing a great job being an ambassador to the sport and along with all the other guys, like on their off time, they're going to kind of grassroots um, curling clubs, stopping by to say hi. They're going to bond spiels, yep. you know, so I think that all of that helps. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, bond spiels, you're going to be playing in one I know coming up, one that's very close to my heart and what Regan Burr does in, in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul and, uh, being the at Four Seasons Curling Club in Blaine, the lupus spiel, you know, it's something my mom was affected of and eventually lost her life to. But it, you know, some of those things to still be involved in the game, you know, whether it be charity spiel, celebrity skipping, and, and all these different things. I mean, you are still around the game as as much as ever. Obviously, with goal line and everything you're doing, but also playing still too. Come back in the in the cards maybe one day. <laughs> maybe one day. But yeah, like that's the nice thing about my job is I can go to events and work the shop and curl in the bond spiel as well. I'm really looking forward to the lupus spiel. Love Reagan and what she's done for um, the lupus foundation and curling. Like it's amazing. Like 56 teams, and not only 56 teams, she had to find 56 elite skips, yep. you know, to play. Yep. So hats off to her, and I think it's going to be a great event. I also love the House of Hearts. Um, that's a great. Who doesn't? Event, right. That's a great event. I haven't been there for a while, but it's uh, it's one I really want to get back to sometime. It just uh, sometimes that time of year doesn't work well for me with work, but yeah, it's uh, exciting to see where we can. You know, the athletes are more than happy and willing to help out a great cause yeah. and have fun. All right, real quick. I mean, we're here at the Players Championship. Just 
We've got a women's field that's set for Saturday now. The men are going to finish up round robin tonight as we're talking on Friday night. But, you know, just kind of your overall thoughts, especially on the women's side and the men's side. What have you seen, you know, from some of the teams this week? What's caught your eye? What teams have caught your eye? Surprises? Just thoughts on the event overall. Gosh, that's hard to say. Like, they're all so good. I know that Holman has a tiebreaker tonight, so I'm hoping that she pushes through. Um, it's been fun to see Terrizoni play and um, the gold medalists, you know, Sweden. Um, Carrie's doing well. She qualified. Um, and I think it's going to be just really exciting. Yeah. You know, it's anyone's game right now, and everyone's just playing super good. I, I feel and don't I feel naked up here because we don't have a U.S. team. You know, you thought we'd, like, Jamie wins it last year, and you thought, okay, you know, everything, how strong the teams have been. And John, obviously, not going and playing in uh, St. John's in December. They go to Japan. So, some point, they otherwise would have been here. But it kind of feels weird not having one team on, just one team. Yeah, and I even thought Nina Roth, because she got semi semifinals in two of the slams this year. Um, yeah, so, I mean, with Jamie's team, it's a new new team this year, and she's had a little bit of a couple of injuries. I mean, sometimes you got to give the body a break, and you know, hopefully everyone, I know everyone's working hard in the U.S. and doing what they can to get to these slams and trying to earn the points. And, you know, we'll, we'll have more teams represented in these slams in the future, for very close future. Yeah. All right, I know i got to let you go back to work pretty soon, but just a couple more things. And one of the ones I wanted to ask you is about goal line and, and Doug Flowers, who Aaron's dad, who is a big night tomorrow night, you know, having a little bit of fun retirement party. Um, yeah, you know, Aaron is. You guys have been so close over the years, and her family. What they, what they, basically, goal line is because of the Flowers family. But you know, talk about real quick about Doug. You know what he's meant to curling, Gold Line. You know, and you is just almost like family. I'm sure. Yeah. So Gold Line's been um, either my sponsor when I've been on teams or my team sponsor for throughout the years, and they're a family company. Um, Doug's dad started the company, and then Doug took over. So, like you said, this weekend is his retirement party, and I've known Aaron, gosh, probably for 20 years now. Like, we're best friends, so it's a fun dynamic with her. She makes me laugh. She's just got so much energy and spunk and witty, and she's so fun. So I just feel very fortunate to work for them. Um, I started with them after the 2010 Olympics, and, you know, I think I just feel blessed that they gave me a chance, and here I am still with them, and every year it's better and better and more exciting, and... Uh, more events and yeah we work well together they're, they're just a great company to work for I'm super excited about the party tomorrow and so Aaron um, Flowers and Andrew and Pete have taken over the company um, so yeah we've got like a great future ahead of us Goal Line is an amazing team. I, yes, I'll give you an unofficial endorsement right here. I mean, the, everybody's just so fantastic. And if you're here anywhere in the Toronto area listening and certainly moving forward, go check out the Goal Line stand here as they are the official sponsor of the Grand Slam of Curling. But uh, before we let Debbie plug, make sure everybody can go find all her stuff, her website, and wh- where you can get equipment from her. Last question. Do you still like when somebody asks you or introduces you, you know, Olympian, Debbie McCormick, that that never gets old, even though it's been a couple of years. Just how special is that? Still hearing it, you know, and the memories you kind of go back through. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's so special to represent your country at a world championship, especially the Olympics. That obviously only comes every four years, and it's such such heightened. You know, there's so much more pressure on you, and you work so hard to get there. Um, but it's just a privilege, and it's an honor. You know, it'll always be an honor. Um, but yeah, great memories through all my years of curling and just feel really fortunate yeah all right tell everybody where they can you know 
hook up with you in terms of getting some equipment if they want to buy goal line equipment from you directly where they can visit your shop online if you got a website let everybody know where where they can get uh, some goal line stuff from debbie mccormick yeah, so i don't have a storefront i have a mobile store so i travel to a lot of the bond spiels throughout the midwest and the united states um, my what my uh, email is debbie at goldline.ca um, so you can always email me you can give me a call um, I don't really have a website. I just use Goldline's website, but you can go on Goldline's website and then just give me a call or an email, and then I can get it to you quickly. Um, but, yeah, if you're ever at a bond spiel and I'm there, come in, say hi. I'd love to meet you and uh, help you out. One of the friendliest, the most fun people in curling, Debbie McCormick, four-time Olympian. Thanks for a few minutes, Debbie. Thanks. Ontario, yes, Joe and I are north of the border. The Godfather himself, as we are at the Players' Championship, the six of the seven slams here, the most prestigious of them all. Uh, and Joe, before we uh, talk a little bit more about the Players' Championship, as it's Saturday here, let's go to Rochester, back where you guys drove up here from earlier today, and you guys had one your biggest event of the year, right? I think I'm safe to say in the biggest, but the gathering, major, huge charity bond spiel you guys had last week. Take us through the gathering and everything you guys did, because we couldn't podcast last week. You were way too busy, but man, did it prove to be another huge success. Yeah, thanks, Bryce. You know, uh, in Rochester, we, we for the second year now, we've put together this event called The Gathering. It's a curling tournament for 16 teams. And this year we had uh, teams from, I, I want to say, uh, 10 different curling clubs, uh, five from Rochester and 11 from outside uh, the Rochester area, uh, raising money for two very worthy charities. One is Sojourner House, which is a local Rochester charity. And then the other one is the Quality Life Association. I'm going to let Elisa take it away a little bit, talk a little bit about what the Quality Life Association is all about. The Quality Life Association is associated with um, ostomates who have internal continent ostomies, something a lot of people don't know about. I had um, an external ostomy that I was allergic to, uh, the bag and adhesive, and I was able to go to Florida and have this procedure done. There's only two places in the United States you can get this procedure done, and it's called you can get it done in Florida or California. BCIR, Barrett Continent Internal Reservoir, is um, the full name. And QLA actually supports everything um, surrounding having that surgery, from getting the materials you need to the education to the, um, of the patient and education of the doctors when they go home, providing all of the flyers and uh, papers and everything that your primary care physician or surgeons back in your home state might need. Yeah, thanks. And, and it's a very important surgery, um, but it's also really important to educate people about it, only because uh, folks that have this surgery, if they were in, a, in an emergency, there's a good chance that the doctors in their own hometown wouldn't even know what it was. And so uh, this is one of the reasons why we picked this charity this year. Um, and the people who came out to the event, they paid their, their, their $250 entry fee, and then they got to purchase funny money, which allowed them to... Uh, bid on uh, power-up cards that either help their chance of winning or hurt their opponent's chance of winning. You know, Price, wouldn't it be great if you had an extra hammer in an end? And that's basically what this is all about. You get these different power-ups. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, Columbus Curling Club was the winner uh, of the event. Uh, Nick Geller and his rink out at Erica Chambers and, and that rink out of Columbus wound up winning the event. But we had, in a four-sheet club, we had eight teams from eight different clubs in the playoffs, which was a pretty unique thing. It was a lot of fun. 
Uh, we had the poutine truck come in for Saturday uh, oh. for Saturday dinner, uh, which is our sort of our signature dinner. And uh, so if you're interested in that sort of thing in the future, uh, you're going to want to keep your eyes out on that Rochester Curling Club webpage because uh, the, the uh, openings are very, very limited for the gathering. A poutine truck, seriously? That I would have bought a plane ticket. I would, that would have been a fun event, but a poutine what food truck? Yeah, beat that next year. Oh, sign me up. I'm coming to the gathering next year. Go ahead and save my spot. All right, Joe, that's awesome. Just I, I love how you do so many different things. Like, you know, you can buy an extra hammer. And the, the neat thing, it almost sounds like a, uh, a media game at the uh, at U.S. Nationals with corner kicks and all the other things. Was Gordon McLean involved at all? Yeah, Gordon McLean actually was the inspiration for the gathering. He did, they did this uh, copper spiel where they got to, you got to bid on an extra hammer. And then we decided, hey, wouldn't it be nice if you could bid on other types of things? So um, you can bid on uh, making a perfect guard, or you can um, throw from the short hack instead of the long hack, you know, things like that. And, you know, really powerful um, curling strategy, a second-level curling strategy, I guess. Um, and the game is mostly curling, but then you get these power-up cards that kind of help your chance to win or, or hurt your opponent's chance to win. And it's really a lot of fun. We had a great time uh, organizing it, as always. Fantastic. Let's uh, let's pivot here real quick, Joe. Is let's talk a little bit uh, about the Players Championship because we're going to finish up with the uh, Mixed World Championship that's coming up in Norway. Is uh, John Schuster, Corey Christensen? They're going to be teaming up there with. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, Joe. Is it forty six or forty eight mixed doubles? I mean, it's insane. Um, I did meet, speaking of the Mixed Nationals, who was here earlier this week. I met a ton of – I wish you had been here, like, the whole time. Obviously, you can't. We all have jobs. we got to work and family life. But uh, Jason um, – is it Jason Chang? I met Jason Chang earlier this week. He was basically getting ready to go home to go start packing to get ready to head over. But he was so excited. Uh, the thing that kind of dampened some of his excitement to play in the uh, Mixed Worlds was the fact that he's in a group with uh, Sweden, Canada. I want to say Japan was the other. I think it may have been. I can't remember if it was Japan or Korea. It was like a group of death, as they call it in soccer. But it was very great, great to see him and, and some, actually some others. I'm digressing from the uh, from the players here. But was going to say that, you know, podcasting, we talked royalty. Debbie McCormick had her on a little bit ago. We had some of our fellow uh, podcasters here that had a little uh, informal meet and greet, just kind of hanging out and powwow. Uh, Lair, uh, Lori and Mary from Two Girls in a Game hung out with them for a little bit earlier in the week. And then Frank Rock from, from The Hack. So, man, it was like a podcast conglomerate up here inside the Mattamy uh, Athletic Center in Toronto, Joe. But everybody, uh, it, it was just kind of neat to 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 talk with them and just see what's going on with their podcasts and stuff. And, you know, we're all in this together. You know, everybody's just trying to grow the game and get information out, opinions, and have some fun when it comes to, to curling. And, and obviously there's this more Canadian focus. We're strictly U.S. But it has been fun to meet a lot of folks and people just coming up and, you know, saying hello. Yeah, you know, uh, I know Jason Chang a little bit. I've gone up to his bonds field at, at the uh, Bulldog a couple of years uh, now. And, Jason's a good guy, good podcaster. I'm sorry, a good, uh, webcaster, excuse me. He does some work for uh, Title Sports Live um, and, and a terrific curler. So it's nice to hear that he was here uh, helping out and, and getting to check, check out the action. So uh, let's pivot over here to uh, we, we got quarterfinal action for the men coming up. We're in between draws here of the, uh, the 4 o'clock draw. The matchups here, as they were announcing them, was sort of the who's who of, of the top uh, curling teams in the in the world and so the matchups 
we have uh, we got uh, Brad Jacobs playing. We got uh, Nicholas Adine. We got uh, Brad Gushu. We got uh, we got uh, let's see, Botcher. We got the uh, Cruz. We got Howard. We got Cooey. I mean, it's just a who's who of the best curling teams in the world. Um, you've been here all week, Price. Who do you, who do you think has the edge uh, going into these games? Oh, man, that's a good question. I, Brad Jacobs has been fantastic. I think Jacobs was 4-1 and one through round robin. Um, they lost their la- – I believe it was their last round robin game. I, I tell you the guy, and I think that you're going to have a blast, and it's going to be the feature game. You guys both are going to really enjoy I think watching Glenn Howard and Kevin Cooey play on Cheat C, I mean – I was joking with a bunch of people. They need to erect a statue of Glenn Howard at almost every major curling facility in Canada because when you see him out on the ice, you know, standing the test of time, curling with his son, Scott, I mean, they, they and no pun intended, dropped the hammer on the, the Swedish uh, uh, Vikings the other day right here on Sheet E. I mean, they, they put a – a pretty good whipping on Nicholas and the guys, but playing Kevin Cooey there on the feature sheet, man, it is gonna that is gonna be a lot of fun for you to see and just to see the old guy, Glenn Howard, who he's still got it, man. I mean, he's obviously made the, the quarterfinals of the Players' Championship and is not the first uh, quali- uh, event he's qualified in the Slam Series this year. Um, I would, I think that is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think Botcher is still one of the best teams in the world. That Botcher-Adeen game is probably the other one in this first set that really gets my juices flowing. Yeah, looking at uh, Glenn Howard's uh, game results for this week, I mean, he came out right out of the the bat and took out uh, Cooey and then uh, got the win against the Dean. I mean, he was in a call that's a group of death. I mean, he had you know, Cooey, uh, Moat, McEwen, Dean, and Patterson. I mean, uh, and I guess and in my mind, he probably got the wins against teams I wouldn't have expected and the losses against teams I wouldn't have expected. So it's uh, he wound up three and two qualified, and now we, we'll see how he goes against uh, Cooey again, the rematch uh, t- today at four o'clock. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's, uh, Joe, before we get out of here, we got to get ready for that draw as we're talking about. But, you know, everybody can check out the uh, TV and web stream schedule for the World Mixed Doubles Championship going to be held over in Norway. Um, and Team USA, again, we mentioned John uh, Schuster and Corey Christensen going to be uh, representing Team USA. They've got, uh, they've got Latvia, Spain, and Russia, I believe, as the other three teams in their group. Their games will be streamed on NBC Sportsnet, and you can catch the Olympic Channel for a lot of repeat action all week. I mean, you've got so many teams playing, Joe. If you need a curling fix, the Olympic Channel and NBC Sportsnet, that's going to be the place where you can really fill up on mixed doubles. And mixed doubles, too, it's one of those events where, I mean, you might look at maybe somebody like uh, Sweet and Anna Hasselberg and uh, Oscar Erickson is maybe like a favorite, you know, they're obviously very good individual players, but mixed doubles is one where, I mean, you just can't, it's almost hard to pick a favorite because anything can happen. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this schedule with you, Price, and oh my goodness, like I'm looking at like Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and just uh, uh, pretty much all during the week, the Olympic Channel is going to be your home for curling. It's going to be all day, every day, all week long, and it's I think that's going to be a lot of fun. You know, we used to call NBCSN uh, nothing but curling, but uh I think we, uh, may, the Olympic Channel may be uh, taking over that venue uh, or, th- or that uh, that name for uh, channels uh, on the cable dial uh, as they just look like they are going to be showing curling all week long. 
All right, Joe, let's put a bow on this thing. Let's uh, get out of here. It's, uh, we, again, you and I don't get to do this, so this is special for me. We talk on the phone so much through the year, and sometimes later at night, sometimes earlier at night, but we're fortunate to be able to do this all year long. I'm just really lucky to be able to do this with you and, you know, the 12th Men's Sports Network. And awesome having Elisa here, you guys driving up from Rochester for the Players' Championship. And, you know, again, Joe, just just to be able to do this in person, we just don't get the opportunities. Usually once a year, like at Nationals or maybe something else, uh, you know, where we – Olympic trials, you know, that during that, that Olympic year, we – another chance to do this but it's just awesome to to be able to have some joe time and alicia gets it all the time but for me this is you know this has been fun it's been a really fun year we got several more episodes to bring you as we kind of get ready to wrap up the season late april very early may but man it's just always good to see the godfather himself in person yeah, it's great to do this in person with you, Price. And now that I know you'll be coming up for the poutine truck, we'll have to do one of those uh, episodes next year from there. Maybe we'll do it right in the truck. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> All right. That gets that really gets now my juices going, doing a podcast inside the poutine truck where I can just, just drink the gravy and the cheese curd. Oh, awesome. As Lisa's about to throw up. So we're going to get out of here. We're going to get ready for the next draw. But appreciate everybody listening. You can listen to the Extra Extra Podcast on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, of course, tsn.us forward slash podcast. Every way that you can think of that is your podcast platform, you can find the 12th Inch Sports Network's The Extra Extra In. But for the Godfather himself, I'm Price Atkinson, downtown Toronto at the Players' Championship. Thanks for listening. We will see you once again next week. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us on this edition of The Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, guests, and for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast.